this episode of Alive and Thriving is for you if you are currently experiencing or have previously experienced anxiety or panic disorder. And what we are going to chat about today is the things that when I was in this space, I really missed and that I didn't actually realize that I was missing them until I was on the other side of the consuming anxiety and panic. And so if this is you, if you live in this place of anxiety, of panic disorder, PTSD, this place where you feel like it is all consuming and, you know, the other side isn't really, I guess, that visible for you at the moment, then please listen to this episode and just know that you are not alone in how you feel. And let's start to create some hope and some possibility of that other side. This is Alive and Thriving, where we tackle all things that stand in the way of holistic well-being and self-care in life and as women in business. Join me for real and raw conversations and inspiring guests who are expert in their fields as we come back to life together, overcoming stress, anxiety, nourishing our mind, body, and emotions. I am your host, Jessica Reed, Alternative Therapist, Life and Wellbeing Coach. And if you are ready to grow, heal, and thrive together, then you are in the right place. Okay, so we're talking today about things that I feel like I missed when I was living in this state of anxiety and panic disorder. Now, if you haven't heard my story and you don't know much about my experience with anxiety, you can go back and you can listen to episode one. To keep it super short, I was basically crippled by anxiety for years. My body was just in this constant state of fight or flight. Uh, My nervous system was never regulated. I had no idea what any of that meant at the time. Uh, And I was consumed by these symptoms um, of, you know, heart racing, breathlessness, that feeling of doom in my body, uh, overwhelming thoughts of worry, of anticipation, particularly around health for me, around health anxiety. Uh, And it was really, you know, it was debilitating. It was really crippling. And it got to a point where I just could not remember what normal felt like. And by normal, I just mean not being consumed by these feelings in my body, what it might wake up to feel, what it might feel like to wake up calm, or what it might feel like to not, you know, second guess myself when I need to go to the shops, you know, am I going to have a panic attack in there? What's the strategy if I do, Uh, you know, and making decisions around my anxiety. So the reason I really wanted to share the things that I missed is because these are things that I only see now in hindsight. And at the time that I was stuck, and I say stuck because I really felt like I was stuck, not because I believe that you are completely stuck there, but I say stuck when I felt like I was stuck in this place of anxiety. Um, I couldn't see the things that I was missing. And I don't mean, you know, the events that maybe I said no to, things like that. I mean... Things that I now see with my wonderful hindsight and wouldn't be wonderful if we could live in that place. 
But things that you may hear in this conversation, that you may say to yourself, oh, that's right, I used to be able to do this, feel this, see this. And what I hope that that does for you is not make you sadder thinking, oh, this anxiety is ruining my life. I hope that that gives you something to connect back to. I remember when, and I'm going to give you some some journaling tasks at the end of this for whatever prompts, for whatever comes up for you, okay? So stay tuned to the end. So let's have a chat about things that I felt like I really missed when I was crippled with anxiety that I didn't really know I was missing at the time. And the first one is laughter. Now that may seem really, really simple, but for me, for years and years and years, I could not allow myself to smile. I could not allow myself to laugh simply because, well, I don't even really know why, but I think the way that I sort of piece it together now is that because I was just always so stuck in this place of stress. And, you know, why would you laugh? Remember our primitive stress response? Why would you laugh if you're being chased by a tiger? For me, life was overwhelming. Day-to-day tasks were overwhelming. Thoughts that I was having were overwhelming. And even if I watched something funny or uh, heard something that I would have maybe now thought of as funny, I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't even let myself laugh barely even let myself smile and here's the thing it's not only just that ability to laugh at something that's funny it's actually that ability to laugh like to really to really laugh if something just gets you like this is going to sound really awful and please don't judge me (laughs) but I'm one of those people who uncontrollably laugh if somebody trips over in front of me (laughs) I don't know if I should be admitting that on air. Uh, You know, sometimes it's even just the thought of it that can actually get me into such a belly laugh that I can't control myself. And, you know, that laughter, that, and I'm not talking about necessarily laughing because someone fell over, but I just mean that contagious, that uncontrollable laughter that happens in the most randomest of situations, you know, maybe something that you would previously have screamed at like something being broken or something else that you've had to clean up or paint all over the walls which was my three-year-old on Saturday it was my birthday and I was in the shower and she decided to paint the walls yellow um but things you know things that you normally would have screamed at that maybe now you could laugh about and just that ability to laugh is something that when I look back on all of those years, I didn't realize how much I actually missed doing that. The ability to laugh and the ability to smile. Just a smile that isn't forced, that isn't, I'm going to smile and say hi, and then I'm going to turn around and go back to feeling the way I was feeling, but just this genuine smile and this lightness this lightness that I never remembered having throughout this whole time of having anxiety because it felt so heavy and it felt so um, consuming. And speaking of feeling consuming, I missed feeling free. 
And I mean that in a few different ways. So I missed the freedom of being able to make decisions without factoring in whether or not I was going to feel anxious. You know, will I go to this shopping center? Well, no, I'm not going to go to Coles because Coles has the white lights that sent me into a panic attack with one of my first panic attacks. Uh, so I've associated that with that. So instead, I'll go to Aldi because it's got, you know, the the not so bright lights, the, you know, the lighting softer, making decisions based around my anxiety. Will I drive or walk to school today? Oh, well, I'm feeling really lightheaded. So, you know, the anxiety, will I accept this invitation to go somewhere? Will I put myself out there? Will I do this in my business? Will I do this in my life? The what ifs and the physical discomfort that those what ifs caused me made me or really dominated so many of my decisions. And so I didn't feel like I had freedom in that sense. I felt like I was trapped by this condition. I was fearful of having panic attacks anywhere that I went, anywhere at all. I barely drove myself places because of the panic for quite a long period of time. And then there's the feeling of freedom that comes from inside, this lightness that I just spoke about before. And I really look back and didn't know how much I missed that. Being in this space of anxiety became so normal for me. It became so ingrained in my everyday behavior, my decisions, my thoughts, my feelings, and how I got used to living in my body. It became so normal for me that I didn't realize that I missed the lightness and the freedom that came as a feeling inside of me. Just to go about my day being me. And the last thing I want to share with you guys that I really feel like I missed when I look back on my experience with anxiety. And just by the way, on a complete side note, I still get anxious sometimes. Nobody is completely healed. Now your hormones can influence this. I am very aware of my emotional triggers. Very aware of them. I also have brilliant coping strategies in place now. I intentionally reset my nervous system throughout the day and I've had to do and I've also intentionally gone and desensitized triggers, big triggers for me, emotional triggers, traumas, things that were keeping me living in this space of fight or flight that made me feel like I was always in danger. So all of those things is not going to lead to an anxiety-free life. That is not possible for anybody. And we need an element of anxiety to survive. Okay. But there's a, there's a point where it becomes unhealthy for us. And so the space that I am in now is that for most of my days, I wake up feeling good. For most of my days throughout my days, I feel good. And occasionally now, if I have some anxiety... Or I have a moment where I feel like I may go into panic. I have enough self-awareness to stop and realize what's going on. To notice that maybe 
I've had, you know, a light trigger or something if I've been at the computer for a long time and then I go into bright lights. Um, that's the migraines in me. I can't change that. But, or, you know, I might observe that my muscles are becoming quite tense and I'm starting to get a bit of anxiety in my belly. And that self-awareness coupled with the coping skills that I now have allows me to move it through. The fact that I can mindfully observe what I'm going through allows me to be able to pick up on it nice and early and to not become consumed by the anxiety. Because when we are in that space and it is consuming, we are not observing. So just just so you know, because I just said before, you know, when I was anxious, I'm referring to a point of time in my life where for years, panic disorder and, and anxiety dominated my life. Now I experience what, you know, I probably call a normal level of anxiety, or maybe sometimes it's a little higher than normal. But again, I have coping tools and strategies to make sure that 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 I might have an anxious hour or an anxious few minutes or occasionally even an anxious day if it's right before my period. But what I'm not doing is having an anxious life. There's the big difference. Now, the final thing I wanted to share with you is that, and I sort of touched on this earlier, when I was in this season of life, I couldn't remember what my normal felt like. And I don't know if you can resonate with that. Waking up, feeling always anxious, your mind may be feeling so consumed with worry that it feels like it's just going to explode. Like it could just burst at the seams. Your body feeling tense, maybe that, that pull in your tummy or the racing heart or the breathlessness or just that general sense of doom. Now, all of these feelings I now know and understand to be the stress response. It's an over-exaggeration of our body's stress response. And that all, again, in hindsight is fantastic. But at the time, I couldn't remember what feeling normal felt like. What was it like just to wake up in the morning and just be me? Just feel like me? Just get up and do what I wanted to do or make decisions based on what I needed to do, not based on how I was feeling. Not, oh, actually, that's something else I didn't realize I missed. I'll share with you in a minute. So feeling normal and feeling like myself. And once I had, and this happened when I started using EFT tapping, Once I had that taste of what calm inside my body and mind felt like and what normal, and I say normal, you know, quote unquote normal because everybody's normal is different, but what calm felt like, what my normal felt like, once I had a taste of that, I was able to use that as motivation. So as I said to you earlier, not listening to this going, oh, I miss feeling normal, oh, I miss... Oh, that's right. Yes, I used to be able to laugh. Now I can never laugh because of my anxiety. Well, that may be true right now for you. But I'd like for you to really pick up on your story, pick up on what you're saying there, pick up on how much you've identified yourself with the anxiety. And I would love for you to go and reconnect yourself to a time where you did laugh your head off. So I would often remember a time 
when I was trying, when I had my taste of normal <laughs> and when I had really latched onto that and I was like, you know what? I am going to feel normal again because I know now that this is possible because I've just felt it. Even if it was only for 20 minutes, I felt it. Then I felt it for a day and then I felt it for longer periods as I did more of the deeper work that I talked to you about earlier. But one thing that I would do when I also started to realize how good it was to laugh again was intentionally remind myself of times that I found really funny. And I have this com- this visual, I mentioned my awful, <laughs> my awful secret, uh, not so secret anymore, uh, trigger for laughter. But there was this time where I was at the shopping centre with one of my best friends and we were in the Canberra centre and we were walking and these boys walked past and my friends turned around and she's gone to sort of have a bit of a look and then as she's done that, she has just slipped right up on her butt, just totally slipped over, landed right in front of this family Um, And then she got up and I kid you not, we were near an escalator that was near the car park where we'd parked. She got up and she legged it, ran up the escalator, up all the way to the car. And I was in hysterics. I could barely walk. I was laughing so hard. And you know what? That memory, um, that memory of that laughter was something that I was able to really really reconnect with and so I just encourage you rather than thinking I never laugh anymore and letting that get you down accept that this is where you are accept that this is where you've been yes I have struggled to laugh I have struggled to feel normal I have struggled to you know come out from the weight of the anxiety I accept that this is how I have been I accept that this is where I am now but I choose to change that. And if you're listening to this episode or you follow me on Instagram, then you likely are in a place where you do want to change this. Maybe you're just not sure exactly how or where to start. And the other thing that I just remembered before when I was speaking that was a really big thing for me um, that I didn't realize that I missed and this really probably comes back to that freedom as well that freedom to go places you know feeling like you're not trapped but I had a meticulous routine that I thought (laughs) if I take this supplement at this time and I do this at this time and then I I don't know jump four times and spin around backwards then that prevents the anxiety because it did once Um, so I would have this meticulous routine that I would follow and I got so stuck in this routine of taking these extra things, doing these extra things because I had convinced myself that that was how I was protecting myself. So there was no freedom in my mornings. There was no freedom in my routine. There was no freedom in any of that. And I just didn't realize while I was in there how much I missed my freedom. So if you are listening to this and you are thinking, yeah, I do miss my freedom. I do miss laughing. I would love for you, first of all, I'm going to give you some journaling prompts. Now, the first one is 
if I was anxiety free, then I would be doing, and I want you to write down everything that you'd be doing if you're anxiety free. The things that used to make me laugh are, write them down. What makes you laugh? What used to make you laugh? And then you can take that a step further and sit down and really connect with that. Close your eyes and see those times. And the final prompt, the things that really make me smile are. And so sitting down and again, writing down everything that has previously made you smile. And that might be hard to think of at first. You might like to start with a pet. If you've ever had a pet, just start with patting them, cuddling them, maybe an experience you've had. And as you really close your eyes and you let yourself be in that moment of smiling, feeling safe and loved with that pet, allow more things to come into your mind. Just because you feel anxious, just because you're not feeling good, just because it's been consuming, doesn't mean that it has to stay that way. And it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to think of good things. And here's the thing. You have to be able to give yourself permission for that. Now, if you know that you are ready to break free from the anxiety, from the panic, from whatever it is that is keeping you stuck, from feeling anything other than happy and free and purposeful in your life, if you know that you are desiring that healing and that growth and that elevation and expansion all at once, (laughs) you know that you want to find yourself again outside of the anxiety and the chronic stress, then this is where my work really shines. I would love to have a discovery, a complimentary chat with you. It's a 20-minute phone call and we'll just have a chat about what's going on for you and you know whether my one-to-one services may be something that can help you. It's always important to find the right modality for you or there might be multiple modalities, um, the right person to work with because if you don't feel safe and comfortable with the person that is going to help you to facilitate your healing and growth, then you're not going to heal or grow. So uh, we can have a chat. We can have a chat about how EFT is effective for anxiety, body psychotherapy, clinical hypnotherapy, all the things. But if you take one thing out of this episode, it really is sit down with your journaling prompts and allow yourself to reconnect to that possibility. Because as soon as you recreate that feeling or that thought in your head, that feeling in your body, as soon as you recreate that for yourself, then that is evidence. That is evidence. You can help yourself to experience it now. And then you can decide that that is your anchor point. That is what you are going to go back to. That is going to be your drive and your motivation to doing what you need to do to heal your anxiety. You have been listening to Alive and Thriving by Inspired Life Collective. 
Did you know that you can help us to impact even more women on their well-being journey simply by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review? If stress or anxiety, life or business has got you feeling inside like you are just busting to come back to life, then I invite you to book a discovery call with me so we can chat about how Inspired Life Collective private and online services might be able to support you through your journey. I am so, so grateful to you for being here and having me in your ears. So until the next episode, just remember that you were born to thrive.